Thank you, choir. Well, I've received my first Christmas present this year. And uh, I know you can't quite tell what it is. It's a keychain, and it has this little blue attachment with six buttons on it, and it says pocket phone excuses. Now, how many of you ever have ever been on the phone and you just wish you could get off the phone? You know, you're trying to think of some way to end the conversation. Jay, we need this mic on here. So I, I don't know which button is which, but let me try this out. You can play a siren, you know. The cops are coming. i got to go now. Or there's another one. I think it's... Oh, somebody's at the door. I'll have to go right now. So um, if you're looking for a Christmas gift to, some, to give somebody... Oh, delivery. Chinese food delivery. Here, uh, all sorts of little buttons you can press and just hold that up to your phone, you know, and say, I got to go. There's somebody at the door or the food's been delivered, something like that. So wanted to help you out, something uh, helpful for you this season. I'd encourage you this morning to find your worship folder and take it out of it this uh, How to Pray This Christmas. I would like to help move you toward the Christmas spirit or actually into the Christmas spirit. Is that okay? And I'd also like to have some fun today. Is that okay? A little fun? Okay, good. Now, for those of you who didn't grow up in church, or if you grew up in the church like I grew up in, with, uh, I'm going to switch these candles. This One of these is burning, actually. Um, if you grew up in a church like I did, where they did not celebrate Advent, you may say, what is Advent? And if I could use one word to describe Advent, it would be the word pre- preparation. Christians have chosen to celebrate Jesus' birthday on December 25th, and so we're moving towards Christmas Day. And as we do that, we are preparing ourselves for a great birthday party, the birthday of Jesus. And so Advent really is a time of preparation for the celebration of Jesus' birth. And in that sense, we look backward to Jesus' birth, and we celebrate God coming into the world, this mysterious, marvelous Incarnation, the coming of God to earth in the form of a baby. And so we look backward, and Advent is about that backward look toward the birth of Jesus. But it's also about the forward look. And each Sunday we're going to light a different candle. So one burning today, there are four Sundays of Advent, there are four candles, the center one represents Christ. And so each Sunday we'll light another candle as we move towards Christmas Day. Now, Jesus lived here and left, and he said, I'm coming again. And it's typical on the first Sunday of Advent to talk about Jesus coming again. So not only are we looking back this season to the birth of Christ, but we're looking forward to the return of Christ. Jesus will come again. And so it's both a forward and a backward look. But does Jesus come to us today? I also want to encourage you as we move toward this Christmas spirit to be aware of the fact that it's not just that Jesus came in the past and it's not just that he's coming back in the future. But he has promised to be with us, and in the Holy Spirit, Jesus comes to us today. And so during this season of preparation, I want to encourage you to be thinking about not only his historical coming, and not only the future coming, but how does Jesus come to me today? And we're going to talk just a bit about that. Now, in the uh, lectionary, there are two scriptures, or several scriptures for today, but we've chosen two, one from the book of Jeremiah, and one from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. In the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah is writing to a group of people who have been taken out of their homeland and deported. So they're exiles. And as they live in this captivity, they're wondering, 
You know, God promised that King David or one of his descendants would always be on the throne. We'd always have a king. We don't have a king. What's wrong with God's promise? And Jeremiah writes to say, God has not forgotten you. God will keep his promise and encourages their faith even in the midst of their discouragement and difficulty understanding what God was doing. And so Jeremiah says, God's not forgotten the promise. He remembers you. Now, as we fast forward in time to Bethlehem, Jesus came to earth to be born in a manger, and we're celebrating that this season. God kept his promise. God kept the promise. Now, the other passage that I want to look at today is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, and uh, hope you found this, because in it there's the scripture on the top, and you can be looking at that. Or if you'd like to look at the Bible in front of you, you could page, turn to page 204 with me, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Um, we're going to begin with the ninth verse. Now, it's okay to have fun with the Bible. Did we agree on that? Okay. Because I had a little fun this week reading over this, scrap, this scripture. It's really a tremendous passage, and I want to encourage you with it this morning uh, to get you into the spirit of Christmas through prayer. And the first step I want you to take is to recognize that when you pray this Christmas, pray with thanks to God. Pray with thanks to God. And we're going to go through this verse by verse, and so we're starting with verse 9. And the situation is that the Apostle Paul is writing to a church much like our church, a group of Christians. And as he writes to them, this is a group that he founded. He started this church. He knows them personally. He wanted to come visit them. And earlier he says, Satan blocked me. I wanted to visit you, but I couldn't. And they've been asking him to come, and he doesn't come, and they're wondering... And so finally he said, I I put up with being alone and sent my helper Timothy to check you out. And Timothy has gone to this church. He's come back and he said, you know, they're doing well, Paul. They love you and they sure wish you'd come see them. So Paul's writing this this letter and this is kind of a prayer wish. He's heard back from Timothy. He's excited they're doing well. He still wants to see them. And we sort of get to look inside of the head and heart of Paul as we read these few verses. So the first verse is... uh, in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 9, and it's his prayer wish. And uh, let's ask for a brave... Well, let's read this together. This is verse 9. Let's read it together. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we feel before our God because of you? Now, in your outline, I encourage you to do three things. Circle the words. I'm going to give you three words. Circle the word thank... And if you would, circle the word you, wherever it pops up, and then circle the word joy, if you would. So three words that you've looked at, you, thanks, and joy. In this passage, um, Paul uses the word you, the plural pronoun, ten times in five verses about these people. And it's always a sense of affection. If you had the time as I did to read through this, you'd realize... He's in love with these folks, and he keeps saying, you, you, and it's just, it's like a love letter, in a sense, as he writes to them. Secondly, he, he says, when he prays to God, he thinks about them. He says, I think of you. What does he do? He gives thanks. And you can see it in the scripture there. We thank God for you. Now, the word thanks is the word Eucharist. That's the Greek word Paul uses. Anybody ever heard of that word, Eucharist? Yeah, all of us have. In um, more formal traditions than Baptists, we would call this table the Eucharist. It's the giving of thanks as we thank God. 
And that's the exact word Paul uses. He gives Eucharist for these people at this church when he thanks God for them. And then uh, what was the other word we... Oh, the word joy, which is cousin to the word Eucharist. Now, to move into the spirit of Christmas this season, here's how you use this verse. Here's the guidance Paul gives us. How many of you would say that there are people in my life, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Here's the question. Are there people in your life that you that bring you joy? I mean, I would hope everyone can raise their hand that there are people in your life that bring you joy. Now, as you pray this Christmas, what should you do for them? Give thanks. You see how this works? And so as Paul was praying, he says, I give thanks for you. And if you can move toward the spirit of Christmas or right into it this year, if you will stop in your prayers, try to break out of your prayer rut. We all get in this, you know, we say the same thing to God all the time. Break out of your prayer rut. Think of people that bring joy into your life and give thanks to God for them. That's the first step as we move forward in uh, praying this Christmas. Now, the second one is in verse 10, and it's this. Oh, I like this one. (laughs) This is good. Listen closely. Pray your presence is a present. Pray your presence, N-C-E, is a present. N, how do you spell it? N-T, yeah. When you show up somewhere... Think about some place you're going. Roger, where are you going this year? Give me just any old place. Going to church. Okay, that's one place. Uh, somebody else, where are you going this year? Daniel, where are you going? Going to school. Okay. Anybody have an office party? Yeah, something like that. So you're going to go somewhere this season. We're all going and going. Now, think of where you're going. Is your presence a pain For those who are there? Is your presence a problem when you show up? Or is your presence a pleasure? Now be very careful how you answer that. Because it's kind of tough to know. But the question is, if you want to move into this season, what's your presence? When you show up, do people light up or do they kind of scatter? Or, you know, how's it go? Now you say, that seems like a stretch. Let's look at this verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 10. Who would stand up and read that loudly? I've got all day. Thank you, Brandon. Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you face to face and restore whatever is lacking in your faith. Okay. We're going to circle one word here, the word restore. Earlier Paul has talked about night and day, and he says we pray that we may... uh, See your face. We're praying earnestly. Somebody said this, and I wrote it down. A large part of Paul's life was filled with thanksgiving and prayer. What about your life? When you're by yourself, when you're not having to do something, what's your life filled with? Paul's was filled with thanksgiving and prayer. Now, the word restore here is the key word because Paul says, "We, we hope to see you. And to restore whatever's lacking in your faith. Or another way to put it is to uh, supply what is lacking in your faith. This same word is used over in um, the Gospels when the, the fishermen are restoring or preparing or repairing their nets. 
the guys are getting ready to go fish, and apparently they didn't fish like I do with a, you know, a pole. They fished with nets. And so before they would go out, they would make sure those nets aren't torn. They would repair them. Or they would prepare them. I suppose you want them in a certain order, so when you throw them over the edge of the boat, they don't sink to the bottom. You know, you've got to prepare them. That's the idea behind this word. It's also the idea of, of a surgeon. You go to the surgeon, your bone is broken. He says, I'll repair it. I'll restore it. I'm going to supply what you lack. I'm going to help you out here. Now, you see, when I say, is your presence a present, that's the idea. Paul said, I want to come to you because there's actually something lacking in your lives, and I think I can add to it. And so the idea, do you ever think of yourself when you go somewhere as a present? Not an arrogant sort of sense, but in the sense of, I'm bringing Christ and the light of Christ to the situation. That's, that's a new thought, isn't it? I mean, that would change how you show up, wouldn't it? If you were serious about this. And so I want to encourage you that you can practice, uh, you can move into the spirit of Christmas this year by praying that your presence is a present. And that flows right into verse 11. Pray God guide you to provide for others. I'll explain that in a minute, but let's read this off the screen. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. Circle the word direct or clear the way to you. May God direct or clear the way to you. Um, The idea here, this flows right out of verse 10 as well, is when you think of yourself as a present, I'm going to be a blessing in this situation. I mean, after all, we sing... Uh, make me a blessing. Don't we sing that song? Make me a present today. May I be a gift to someone. That's Paul's idea of showing up in this church. Why not think of ourselves in that way wherever we show up? I intend to bless this situation. Now, that's why I said here, pray God guide you to provide. And the question there is to think, well, what is actually needed in this situation? Now, the word you, Paul uses here, he says, direct our way or clear our way to you. It's very rare. Paul uses it again in his next letter, and that's the only time in the Bible it's used, except in the nativity scene, the story in Luke. I got excited when I saw this today, uh, this recently, and I wanted to read to you from uh, Luke chapter 1, because that's the other place this word is used. You remember in the story of Luke... There, it's kind of a, a twin storytelling. There's the birth, of, there's the pregnancy by Elizabeth, and then the pregnancy by Mary. There's the pregnancy, there's the birth of John the Baptist, and there's the birth of Jesus. There's Mary's song, and there's one other song there. Remember whose it is? Zechariah. John the Baptist, this uh, baby that comes to Zechariah, is born, and the, the Bible says that um, Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave a prophecy. And I want to read to you the end of that prophecy. Because it has this same word in it that we're looking at. And the idea is, as Paul says this, he said, Earlier I wanted to come to you, but Satan blocked my way. I couldn't make it. Now he says, I pray God help me make it. And the idea is that God can actually interfere with our lives and help things to work out. You see, God comes to us not just in a town in Bethlehem years ago. He doesn't just come back to us in the future. God comes to us now. He helps our lives today. Do you believe that? I mean, I do. And this verb that we're looking at to clear the way would support that. So here's what Zechariah said. This is a beautiful passage. I'm reading from Luke 178. 
Zechariah, this man filled with the Holy Spirit, prophesying, says, by the tender mercy of our God. Isn't that a great line, the tender mercy of our God? A good movie, Tender Mercies. He says, by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us. Or another translation puts, the sun. Now picture the sun rising. The sun from on high or from heaven will break upon us. Sorry. What happened? Oh, we're good. Just turn that mic off, would you? Is that dead? Just mute it. Mute all these mics. It's fine. Just Thanks. Let me back up. I think Satan was hindering me. The only reason I believe in the devil is that he lives in the sound systems. Ask anybody that works with him. Um, we're going to back up. Zechariah's prophesying. He wraps up this prophecy. John the Baptist, of course, is coming to clear the way for Jesus. And he says, the tender mercy of our God will dawn upon us or the sun will break upon us. And here's the verse. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in, de- in the shadow of death. Now, get the idea in your mind. The sun's shining out of heaven to those in darkness and death. And here's what he says. To guide our feet into the path of peace. And that's exactly the verb we're looking at in Thessalonians. To guide our feet. Wow. This sun is going to shine on those in darkness. To do what? To clear the way towards peace. Now, that gives us, I think, some indication as we think about being a present, as we think about providing for others this season. Didn't Jesus say it's more blessed to what? To give than receive. Absolutely. This is the giving season. All of us can give the gift of ourself to a situation. And that's the idea here, to pray, to say, God, would you help my presence be a present, not a pain in the neck for someone. Help my presence to be a blessing, not a problem. Help my presence to provide, guide me to provide, clear away, even as, as Paul was asking here. Now, let me give you one example. You say, well, Steve, how would that work? Well, first of all, I'm going to give you a couple examples. Um, Paul was coming to this church to make up what was lacking. They had some problems, even though he loved them dearly, and he was going to try to help them solve those problems. Now, Joyce and I are lacking this afternoon. She's been working all week. She had me up cleaning the house. I was tired last night, but I had to clean the bathroom. So pay special attention to the bathroom. It's clean. Thank you. Um, But we're lacking. And so Elena and Lisa and Teresa are coming over today to provide what we need. They're going to fill it up. You see what I'm saying? And so they're going to be a present. Their presence will be a present to us. That's what I mean. Now, another example. Now, I suspect sometime this year I'll be in Target, and so will you. And as you shop and fill up your cart at Target, you wheel it down the aisle and you look out and you see every single checker is madly busy. The line's backed up and you're going to do what? Oh, i got to wait. And so you're going to wait. And then you're going to get up to the line and there's going to be this, and you know, you're going to be one person in front of you and she's checking out. She's got all this stuff. And the lady then says, that'll be $117, miss. And the lady then begins to open her purse. And she fumbles around. She can't find her checkbook. And finally, she finds it, and she doesn't have a pen. And you're sitting there thinking, you know, she's been waiting here for five minutes. Don't you think 
You, you don't think like that, right? It's just me. I'm sorry. Or some guy is there, and he pulls out the credit card and says, here, he'll pay. And she says what? I'm sorry, sir, your credit card is not working. Do you have another one? And so he fumbles around again, and you think, what on earth are these people surprised they have to pay when they get to the cashier? And you're about to blow a gasket, you know. What are they thinking? Am I the only person that does this? So here's what I'm supposed to do. When I get up there, you know, you're just going to jump all over that cashier and say, why didn't you tell her to get her check? No, 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 right? You see that poor girl, she's been checking out people all day long. You might, if your presence is a present, you might what? You might notice she actually has a name. She's a person. They haven't automated that yet. That's a human being. You might smile and say, Teresa, how's your day today? I'll bet you've really been busy. You must be tired of standing up. You could, you could just be kind to this person and give her, if nothing else, give her a smile. Wouldn't that make your presence a present? Cost you nothing? So that's the idea this Christmas. If you want to get into the spirit of Christmas, I encourage you to make your presence a present and ask God, Lord, guide me to provide in each situation. How can I provide? Well, we've got a couple more to look at. Uh, number four, pray your love grow and overflow. Pray your love grow, even overflow. In verse 12, I told you we're going to have fun. I was just in the rhyming mood this week. I should have had a rap. If I was good, I would have. But uh, anyhow, leave that. That's okay. Verse 12. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in what? Now, who are we supposed to love? One another. That's not too hard. I mean, it's not easy, but most of you are pretty lovable. And so we're supposed to love one another. And the idea is that our love overflows. It's, it's uh, the cup runneth over, spills down on the floor, kind of foaming over love. It's a great big love. Love one another. And that's not the end of it. Who else? What's it say? Love. We're going to stay here. We love one another. We got that one. What's the next word? All. Or another translation says, everyone. You gotta love everyone? Didn't Jesus say in the Sermon on the Mount that we are to love our enemies? And as Paul writes this letter to this church, they have enemies. It's a church that's persecuted. Jason got thrown in jail for the gospel. And so there are people in Thessalonica who hate them. Are they supposed to love those folks? I think so. And so that's the kind of love we're to have. Pray your love grow and overflow. Our love needs to get bigger and bigger and bigger. We're not there yet on this issue of love. And then the last one, pray you be strong with no wrong. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Who would read that verse? Pray you be strong with no wrong. Now, remember, this book's about the coming of Jesus. He's coming back. Amen. Be strong. Be blameless. Wow. Be pure. Be holy. What will it, like to be, what will it be like to really see Jesus? Well, first of all, because of what God has done for us in Christ, we are going to be blameless. That's amazing, isn't it? Let that soak in. We are going to be blameless when Jesus comes. 
Now, the idea is here to be, be strong and be ready when Jesus comes back. Are you ready? Are you ready? As we wrap up today, I, I want to say two things. I want you to, I want to encourage you to take a vow. Now, some of you, it doesn't really matter what you spend on Christmas because you're doing very well. But for most of us, we need to recognize this is the time of year when we need to stand up as Christians and resist the cultural stream of spending way too much money, money we don't have. So the first thing I want to encourage you today, your child is not going to be deprived, and Brandon can counsel you on this if you need counseling. Your child is not going to be messed up for life if they don't get a $600 electronic toy this year. That's true. He or she might live without it, okay? So consider what you can afford to give and give that and be satisfied. Don't get caught up in this Best Buy, Stream, Walmart, Target, all this stuff to buy and stuff you don't need or you can't afford. So I'm going to encourage you. Don't spend more than you have. Control your spending. What else should you control? Uh, Yeah. Control your food. So let's control what we spend and what we control, what we eat this season, and to be strong in the Lord. And I want to encourage you to enter into the spirit of Christmas this season through prayer. And I hope you'll take this guide And uh, I'm going to teach you how to pray this prayer in just a moment. Those of you who are serving communion, I'd like you to come forward and and just sit down at this time, if you would. Um, Everyone who's going to be serving us, we're going to take the Lord's table in just a moment. This is the Lord's table, and by partaking of the bread and the cup, you're saying, "I, I do believe in Jesus. I'm confessing Christ as Lord. And so I encourage you to join with us in just a moment. We'll serve you where you're seated. Now, on the back of your worship folder is a prayer. And I want you to pray this prayer. Another way to say it would be it's praying Scripture. And you can see that prayer. It goes through each verse, so there are five sections to it. And in just a moment, I'm going to give you a chance to pray this prayer, and I encourage you to practice what I preach, to pray this prayer. I mean, I'm not just up here, so, well, let's not go there. Now, I'm going to show you how to pray this prayer. So I want you to bow your head and... Keep your eyes open. Be looking at this sheet, okay? And I'm going to pray this prayer for Steve. And then when I'm done, we're going to institute communion. We'll serve you. And while we're serving you the bread, I want you to pray this prayer for yourself. You can pray it silently. You can pray out loud if you'd like. But I want you to pray it for yourself. So here's how it's going to go. You'll be watching this and listening as I pray. Lord, this Christmas, I hardly know how to be giving thanks to you. Thank you so much. Lord, I could go on all day. Thank you for our church, the opportunity to speak to others about Christ this season. I thank you for my family, my friends, for this country. Lord, there's so many things for which I thank you. Most of all, I thank you for Jesus and for the incredible way you've come into my life and you are saving me and forgiving me and showing me the path to walk. Verse 10. Lord, I have lots of parties and places to go this Christmas. Whew. Is it possible that my presence could be a present? Would you please show me how to be hospitable and gracious? Uh, Lord, when people come to our house this afternoon, uh, we're looking forward to that. Help me to know how to be sensitive and hospitable and gracious. Lord, uh, next weekend, as we welcome people to a mall, uh, the the musical, help me to know how to be hospitable and gracious. 
When I'm in Target, help me to know how. Lord, I could be a present by noticing people, looking into their eyes, smiling, embracing them. Verse 11. As I look at my holiday plans, Lord, guide me to provide for others. Guide me to provide for others. Lord, I could uh, buy a goat for somebody. My folks don't need gifts. My brothers don't need gifts. I could go on the Heifer Project website and, and buy a farm animal to give to someone in need. Verse 12. I understand the greatest gift is love, Lord. May your love grow and overflow in me. I certainly love Joyce and Nathan and Jennifer and Olivia and Roger and Shannon and Caleb and Eli and Abigail and Tracy and Adam and my folks. There's so many people I love, but I don't love everybody. And I especially need help in loving. And I'm thinking of those names right now. Verse 13, finally, my God and Father, strengthen me inside so that I will be holy and blameless in the presence of Jesus when he comes with all his holy ones. Amen. Amen.